0: welcome to the center point pentecostal church podcast we hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers if you like this podcast please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app now let's get to today's message thankful for the opportunity uh, and all the doors that god has opened Allowing us to go and and uh, see what God is doing in other parts of the country, Amen. God is doing some great things, and I just want to go ahead and let you know that God is still moving. God is still filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People are still being baptized in Jesus' name, which I know you already know that because that's been happening here, but it's happening everywhere. I believe. We are in this end time season, and I believe the Lord is is sending out laborers to reach all that who will come and hear the gospel. I believe that our time is very short. Amen. And so if there was ever a time to be a part of the church, it's now. Amen. Amen. Thankful for this opportunity. Give honor to Brother Beard. I know he's running around the building somewhere, but... Thank him for the opportunity uh, to be able to preach here tonight. Looking forward to Sunday. I believe the Lord's going to do some great things Sunday as well. But I believe the Lord's going to do something tonight. Amen. Have you come to hear from the Lord tonight? Amen. It's a Wednesday night. You got dressed. Might as well have a little bit of church while we're here tonight. Amen. Praise God. The book of Acts chapter 12 book of Acts chapter 12 we're going to begin reading at verse 1 we're going to read a couple of verses there 1 through 5 and then we're going to turn over to verses 11 through 13 of the same chapter now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with the sword And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing Of the church unto God for him going down to verse 11 and when Peter was come to himself he said now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews and when he had considered the thing he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And I'll stop right there. With the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to preach on this subject, when God's people pray. When God's people pray. One more time, would you place your Bibles beside you? Could you lift your hands tonight? Could we just go to the Lord one more time? and ask him to move in this service. Would you do that? Would you lift your faith in this house? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, that you would move in this place. God, that you speak to every heart and every mind. God, that the Holy Ghost would minister. How he would want to minister in this house tonight. And Lord, let the word of God fall on the ground and let it take root in our hearts. And everybody said in Jesus' name, One more time, would you clap your hands and worship him? Hallelujah, come on, would you lift your voice? Would you make a joyful noise unto God? Amen, you can be seated. Amen. Since it was camp season, I felt I would open this with a quick story, so I'm just asking you to bear with me as I'm going to lay a foundation of what I felt the Lord spoke to me. Sister Lee and I, while we were living in Mississippi a few years ago, were honored and privileged to serve on the Mississippi District Youth Committee. We were Section 8 Youth Directors, and so we had our hands and in, in involved in youth camps, and One year we were preparing for youth camp. I believe it was the year of 2018. It was spoken to our youth president and our youth secretary that we would face strong opposition this week of senior camp. This was the older teenager camp. It started off Sunday night. We kicked off when we arrived to Finish our final preparations of camp. We also had a very important meeting about the future of our camps. And the meeting ended up lasting well over four hours. No decisions were made, and it didn't really go the way it was supposed to. And then finally, after about midnight, we ended that meeting and started stage setup and trying to finish. Preparation on camp. And so all of this took us well late into the night, probably 2 3 a.m. before we went to bed. Monday, we began camp and registration opened at 2 p.m. Students began arriving and checking in to their appropriate places. Finally, at about 5 p.m., two hours before, we were set to kick off one of the largest camps that we were hosting that year in Mississippi, a substation. Down the road that provided energy had a um, unforeseen problem, and we lost power in great June slash July summer heat. Amen. And so, finally, about seven o'clock, as we're preparing to maybe dismiss service, maybe still have service, a freak storm pops up out of place and brings rain and lightning and wind. And so now the repair to the substation has been postponed due to lightning. And so they are waiting for this storm to pass. So we are sitting in a tabernacle, a dark tabernacle, with about 700 sweaty teenagers. Yes, amen. If you have one teenager, you know what I'm talking about. We've got 600 crammed in a dark tabernacle. So we decided to, they're here, we might as well have church. We backed up a generator. Brother Rodney, we found one light, we found one microphone, and we found one powered speaker. We hooked the microphone to the speaker, we gave it to the preacher, and we let him preach. So we had church anyway. Tuesday, after our day service, four students got an accident right in front of the campgrounds. At the same time that that was going on, a restaurant we had hired to cater a meal for our speakers and their families forgot about us and didn't bring our meal. (laughs) Tuesday evening after our night service, three more students got in an accident in the same exact spot the four did earlier that day. One even had to go to the hospital and have staples put in his forehead. Then our late night entertainment, which was a food truck that was supposed to show up after the service, never showed up and didn't even know we needed him there. <laughs> you can't make this up. Wednesday, day service went okay. Another restaurant for lunch that we had scheduled to cater our speakers and their families, they lost our order and never showed up as well. So by Wednesday evening, you could say that all of us were feeling a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit defeated. And I'm certainly not trying to give the devil any glory, but we were just feeling a little bit like we couldn't win. So our youth president sends out a mass text, and he says, I want everybody to meet in this certain location before service that night. So we meet, and he begins to say that how He has gotten distracted by all that has gone wrong and all that has not happened and how we all just need to take a step back, put all our attention on Jesus and forget about the rest. He began to say the devil cannot win against a unified church and if we would bind together and pray, God would honor our sacrifice and begin to turn our circumstances around. He said, I'm not worried about the service tonight, I'm not worried about the order or the protocol or what time we should even get started. He said, we're not leaving this room till we have touched heaven. So we got together, men on one side of that room, ladies on the other, and we began to pray together. And as we begin to pray against all that was coming against us and all that was coming against the students and the services and the camp as a whole, the Holy Ghost began to sweep into that place. Somebody opened the door and told the praise team and the musicians to come in and join us. And for at least 45 minutes, we were just completely saturated in heaven moving in that room. The Holy Ghost broke through. People were touched. We even had some people get healed before the service in that room. So we left out of that room, but we never left the presence of God. We took it with us into the service. And that night, the preacher didn't even get to preach. Ten students received the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time in that service alone. And by the time camp was wrapping up on that Friday, over 30 students who had never received the Holy Ghost had received the Holy Ghost for the first time. And what I wanna preach on this Wednesday night is that when God's people pray and get tapped into the supernatural authority that lies within them, anything is possible. You can shake hell with your prayers. You can move mountains with your prayers. You can get a hold of that heavenly host and watch God move in whatever situation when somebody prays. Oh, yes. You can shake hell with your prayers. You can penetrate the darkness with your prayers. You can roll back the enemy's strongholds and bust up his plans. Things change when God's people pray. Spirits leave when God's people pray. Captives are set free when God's people pray. And all I've got to say to somebody here tonight is just open your mouth and begin to pray. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I can tell you through the power and the authority of your prayers, God will move. Come on, clap your hands and love the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Here it is. And pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? Thank him and give him praise and pray. You're searching for the will of God tonight. Pray Praise, give thanks, come on. I said, you're searching for the will of God tonight, lift your hands and pray, because that's the will of God. You're searching for the will of God tonight, take a lap around the church, for that's the will of God. Paul said, pray, rejoice evermore. It doesn't matter if it's bad or good, happy or sad, Paul said, rejoice, and again I say, rejoice, and pray without ceasing. When the world's caving in, pray. When everything comes against you, pray. When you don't know what else to say, pray. I know it's so simple, and I know it's so basic, but what's sad is the apostolic church in this end time, we're losing our greatest weapon, and it's prayer. Praise God. It's prayer. It's prayer. You may not be highly educated, but you can pray. You may not be able to bang on a drum, but honey, you can pray. You may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but you can lift your voice, you can open your mouth, and you can you're sitting there wondering what to do? Let me help you. Open your mouth and pray. Pray to God. Ask him for favor. Ask him for anointing. Ask him for authority. Ask him to move. I know it's hard to comprehend sometime through our human intellect, but with God, I must continue to do what I know is true and what those that have gone on before me knew to be true, what the first apostolic church knew to be true, and that's continue in prayer, continue in my worship, continue in my walk with God, and in his timing, he will bring it to pass if it's his will. You know what got you where you are? Prayer. You know what got you the blessings you walking in? Prayer. You know what got you full of the Holy Ghost? Prayer. Come on. You know what brought you out of sin? Prayer. You know what got you healed in your body? Prayer. You know You know what's saving your kids? Prayer. Come on, you know what's holding back the darkness? Uh, Prayer, prayer of the apostolic church. Human will, human will wants to control. Human logic and thinking says, well, if that don't work, we'll try something else. The world says it's too old-fashioned. It's too outdated. All that Jesus stuff, that was for days gone by. Time to move on to new and fresh ideas. But can I tell somebody in this place tonight, Jesus is not drawn to our intellect. Jesus is not drawn to our ideas. Jesus is not drawn to our strengths. He's not drawn to our prosperity. He's not drawn to our influence in the community. What draws Jesus' attention to you and I's situations is two things. Our faithfulness to prayer and our obedience to his word. You ain't gotta know all kind of words from the dictionary to get God's attention. It's just gotta be somebody with a desperate heart that says, hey God, I'm hurting. Hey Jesus, we're hurting. We've got an issue. We're calling on you, God. Come on, if I can be faithful to prayer and obedient to the word of God, there is nothing our God will not do. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) What gets God's attention is when we stand when everybody else is running. When we pray when everybody else has left the building. When we show up to church and worship when others have chosen to stay home. When we decide and make up in our mind that though it may not have happened just yet, God is still good. His ways are not mine. So I'm gonna stay right here and I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust what his word says and his word said, if I call on him, his word said, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, that tells me in my despair I should shout Jesus. When my body is hurting and I feel overwhelmed, I should open my mouth and call on that name. That's great. My God, I feel like running a lap. Somebody ought to lift your voice right now and just call on that name. That's greater than any other name. Come on, at the name of Jesus, fear has to bow. At the name of Jesus, worry has to go. At the name of Jesus, despair has to leave. (laughs) Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. Romans 12 and 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant. In prayer, whether I'm rejoicing in hope or whether I'm sitting waiting for my help to come, Paul said, continuing instant in prayer, don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop sending them up. Don't ever stop calling on that name. That's greater than any other name. James 5 and 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. You can preach a message right there on that. There's a difference between affliction and sickness. Sickness is something brought on not by choice. Affliction is something brought on as a consequence of my choice. And so James said, let me fix you real quick. Don't wear out the elders of the church having them come pray for you in your affliction. You pray for you in your affliction. Because at the end of the day, you're the only one only one that's going to get you out of what you're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good to have some prayer partners, but at the end of the day, he and I and him and everybody else can pray for you till we're blue in the face, but if you don't want to get out of it, if you don't want to be delivered, if you don't want to be set, it's the same thing with getting the Holy Ghost. We can pray for you to receive God's spirit, but until you open your mouth and ask him for his spirit, he ain't gonna give it to you. Well, praise God. And a lot of things that you and I are fighting are not his fault, my fault, or anybody else's fault. It's our fault. James said, you're afflicted, go find yourself an altar and pray back through. Well, well, I'm trying to help somebody your suffering, your mental anguish, the answer may very well be you just getting out of your comfort zone and making your way to an old-fashioned altar and opening your mouth and having yourself a good old-fashioned praying through. Come on, some of us need to pray through. That's all we're we don't need a miracle, we don't need some supernatural move of the Holy Ghost, we just need to get this flesh back on the altar and pray back through. Oh boy, I done stirred some stuff up now. Welcome home. they would probably be glad when I hit the road again. But it's so true. A lot of us are walking out of an apostolic church and we're blaming the preacher, we're blaming God, we're blaming everybody else but the one who's the real issue. That's me. James said, hey, Before we go any further with this prayer thing, let me set a few of you straight. Ain't nothing I can do for you. Ain't nothing the elders of the church can do for you. You're in affliction. You need to find yourself an altar and you just need to get back a hold of God and let God take those things out of your life and let him put back. Well, praise God. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any Mary Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Philippians 4 and 6, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If we are going to receive something from God, if we're gonna experience that supernatural church that was just preached about here Sunday, if we are going to see the hand of God move again in our lives and in our church, we're gonna have to do what got us there before. We're gonna have to do what got our elders there before. We're gonna have to do what those in the book of Acts did before us, and that is bow our head, bend our knee, put our face in the carpet and pray. Come on, what America needs is a baptism of prayer. They don't need another sermon. They don't need another gifted church. They just need somebody that knows how to pray. And so as I was... Praying one day and thinking about this ridiculous experience at camp, my mind immediately went to the story of Acts 12. Our week started out terrible. And then I began to think of how Herod had a plan to start dismantling this new church and its progress. And no, thank God, we didn't have anybody beheaded like James was. But Satan began unleashing his plan to try and dismantle our week by storms and power outages and wrecks and all kinds of other stuff. But when we got together just like the church did, we wrecked Satan's plans to kill the rest of our week. Now listen to me. No, they weren't able to save James. And no, unfortunately, We were not able to prevent the accidents and all the things that did occur. But what we refuse to do is give Satan the rest of our time. And every one of us has a choice in this auditorium tonight. We can sit back and say, well, you know, James died and and he was beheaded. And we just, I don't think we can move forward because that happened. Or somebody can stand up and say, you know what, that was a tragedy. I hate it happened. But just because James was beheaded doesn't mean I'm going to tuck tail and go home and hide under the covers. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to shout. I'm still going to bless God. I'm still going to ask him to move. still just because James may have died in your life just because Satan may have robbed you of a few years or a few moments doesn't mean God can't still move in and do something incredible with your life can I say it this way we can sit and pout over the beheading of James, or we could say, you know what, there's another man in there, so we need to get together and pray and ask God to let him go. Oh, we only wanna pray when it goes our way. But if the church could ever learn to pray regardless of what way it goes. Jesus said, not my will. And sometimes a James is going to come along. Sometimes we're going to suffer some things on this road called life. But that doesn't give me an excuse to sit back and fold my arms and say, Well, he didn't answer that prayer, so that means he's never going to answer prayer. That's a lie from hell. Thank God for the answered prayers. Thank God for the unanswered prayers. They may have been things that kept me safe, kept me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. No, we want it our way. But it's not Burger King, it's Jesus is the king. And so we've got to understand when we pray, it's up to him how it gets answered. But just because it may have not got answered the way we hope doesn't give us an excuse not to pray. The first church said, hey, we lost James. He got beheaded and that's a tragedy, but we're not gonna sit back and just let them take Peter. Come on, let's have another prayer meeting. Come on, let's get together and let's call on God and maybe God will hear us and deliver Peter out of prison. Somebody in this place ought to make up your mind tonight. Hell, you might have gotten James. You might have gotten a few years of my life. You may have given us a few bad reports and stole a few days of joy. But tonight, I'm stopping you in your tracks. I still believe in prayer. I still believe in the authority of Jesus. Come on. I don't care what they told you. God has the final say. I don't care what the government says, God has the final say. (laughs) I don't say this to brag, but when I left Ohio a few days ago from preaching in Ohio, gas was $5.09 a gallon. And they were telling their folks to get to the gas pump and fill up because it's probably gonna go up again tomorrow. So it's easy to be driving in my little van, Brother Rodney, and say, Lord, are you sure I'm supposed to be on the evangelist field? Do you know what gas is? Do you know the price of groceries? Can you imagine having to feed this old boy? But you know what? I've come to the terms that They're not in control. I don't say this boastfully. I just say it to be the truth. We're a part of God's economy. I remember the man that taught me a Bible study. One of the first scriptures he taught me was my father owns a cattle of a thousand hills. You still believe that? You still believe what it says in Psalms that God said all the gold is his and the silver is his? Oh, boy, it's a little quiet in here tonight. And so guess what, gas may have still went up, price of groceries may have still went up. I may have prayed for this one and that one and they didn't make it out of the hospital. Guess what? I'm still going to get in my prayer closet and I'm still going to pray and I'm still going to have church and I'm still going to shout and I'm still going to rejoice and I'm still going to give God my very best whether I've got $20 to my name or $2,000. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to shout anyway. I'm going to dance anyway because I know that When God's people pray, things happen. Come on, clap your hands and worship Jesus in this house right now. I'm reminded, I'm laughing because. I'm waiting to see my wife's face when I tell this story. I may have told it here before, but I'm reminded of a little story about a little duck town. And this little duck town had a little duck church. And every Sunday morning, the little duck community waddled in to their little duck church. And they waddled in and took their place on their little duck pews. And then from behind the platform walks in their little duck preacher. My wife hates this story, by the way. (laughs) And so in walks the little duck preacher. And he takes his place at his little duck pulpit. And he opens his little duck Bible. And he begins preaching the word of God. And he begins shouting, ducks, you have wings. Ducks, you can soar Like eagles, ducks, you can fly to the highest mountaintops if you want to. Ducks, God has given you wings to fly. Closes his little duck Bible. All the little duck congregation shouts amen. And then they all waddle home. You'll get it in a second. They all waddle home. I don't know about you but when i repented of my sins and that gentleman right there tried to drown me but baptized me in the name of jesus christ for i'm determined he was holding me under a lot longer than i should have been (laughs) had to get him out but when i was baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remissions of my sin jesus's name was applied to my life and then when i was filled with his spirit on that thursday night men's prayer meeting, guess what? I have authority now. And I have power now. But that power is useless if I don't operate in it. That name is pointless if I don't ever call on it. That name serves no purpose if I don't ever invoke it into situations in my life. We are God's church. We are the church built on the name of Jesus Christ. You and I, whether you're a minister, a Sunday school teacher, or you just sweep the floors and trim the trees, it does not matter. If you are full of the Holy Ghost here tonight and you possess the name of Jesus, every one of us have the same Holy Ghost. Every one of us have the same name. Applied, So that means every one of us can bow our head, bend our knee, or plant our face on the carpet and heaven hear us. Come on, it's not reserved to the preacher, to the evangelist, or the pastor. Anybody can lift your hands and pray and see God move. We are not confined tonight. There are no chains strong enough to bind God. There is no stronghold able to stop the power of God. It's time for the church to go to war and to pray. Come on. It's time to let hell know. You may have gotten me down. You may have sidetracked me. You may have caused me to get off my key, but I'm telling you tonight, I'm recommitting my focus. I'm getting back to the prayer room. I'm getting back in prayer. I'm getting back into the flow of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to defeat whatever has been oppressing you. You may not be able to preach, but you can pray. You may not be able to sing, but you can pray. You may not have it all together, but you can pray. Your name may not be on the sign, but you can pray. You may not have the largest Sunday school class, but you can pray. You may not have the greatest bank account, but you can pray. You may not drive the fanciest car, but you can pray! pastor that I went to preach for in Ohio. His name is Brother L.J. Harry. And Brother L.J. Harry was making this big push for when we were coming for Pentecost Sunday and he wanted to see God do the supernatural. And God did. God did some incredible things that week of revival. But the Sunday, the Saturday before, he was in his office And he said he buried his face in the carpet and he prayed and he said, God, we have special services coming up next weekend. He said, but I don't want people to get an idea that you can only move when we have an evangelist. He said, I don't want people to think that the only time somebody can receive the Holy Ghost is when we have Pentecost Sunday or when we have a special service. He said, so God, if you have ever honored any prayer that this pastor has prayed, would you let someone receive the Holy Ghost tomorrow on a normal Sunday? He gets up that Sunday morning and they have their worship service and he gets behind the pulpit and he begins to minister and as he gives the altar call, out steps from the pew some folks that he has involved in his they teach a celebrate recovery class a class for addicts do it every Thursday night they trying to help Uh, Ohio is one of the largest states in the United States that has a opioid crisis it's terrible it's it's ravaging their cities their communities there's recovery houses he's in a town of 18,000 and there's I think seven recovery houses it's it's just it's the need is tremendous. And so they have a program there at his church. And so that Sunday outsteps one of the precious ladies that was that's a part of his recovery service. And she comes down to the front and she says, Pastor LJ, if that Jesus can do that for you, I want him to do that for me. And the Lord feels that lady with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and he baptizes her and her husband in the precious name of Jesus that very Sunday. Tell me there's not power in prayer. That Saturday night, a desperate pastor in his office that said, God, just fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Let these people know you're alive. Let them know you're real. Let them know that you're here moving. And the power of God moves on that Sunday service and fills that precious lady with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Honey, when God's people pray, I know it may seem so simple to you, but this is what I felt burdened in my heart with tonight, that God is just calling us to get back to a place of prayer. We don't need more sermons, we don't need more lights, and we don't need more conferences. All we need is somebody with a burden to get in their prayer closet and not come out until the Holy Ghost has moved. Come on, you ain't hearing me. You want to know what built this church? People who decided to pray. You want to know how your grandmother and your grandfather survived? They learned how to pray. Come on. No, it's true. That's how the Holy Ghost moved. It's by elders who just learned how to pray, learned how to get a hold of God, learned how to get in their prayer closet and pray till the glory came down and could shoot. Come on ladies, when's the last time you let your hair down and watched the Holy Ghost be unleashed? That's too old fashioned last time you let your hair down, ladies, in the confines of your home and let your glory down and watch as that angelic host begin to sweep through your house uh, and begin to take care. in the middle of despair, in the middle of hopelessness, in the middle of not knowing where your next answer was gonna come from. When's the last time you just said, excuse me life, excuse me kids, excuse me pills, excuse me job, but I've gotta get a moment here and get alone with God because I've gotta have him move again on my behalf. Come on, there's another generation that's depending on this generation to get a hold of the heavenly and pray. When's the last time you spoke in tongues, when's the last time you just had a red hot Holy Ghost prayer meeting? Come on, when's the last time the power of God hit you so strong you couldn't do nothing but lay there and weep under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Come on, God is calling us to be that people again want to be a supernatural church uh, learn how to pray follow your leader and learn how to pray pray till it moves Uh, pray till it lets go pray till they're healed Uh, pray till somebody gets delivered Bible. You know this story. This woman has come to this judge wanting justice. And the Bible says she comes to him day after day. Avenge me of my adversary. Help me. Give me some relief. Avenge me. Doesn't regard man. He doesn't even regard God. He's his own God in a sense. As to where he bows to no other authority. But here she comes every day. Please bind up my adversary. Give me justice. Avenge me. Get him to back off and leave me alone. He's a bother. He's a nuisance. It's irritating and it's draining on me physically and emotionally. Can anybody possibly relate to this woman? Is there anybody in here today that the enemy has tried to overwhelm you? He keeps knocking at your door, bombarding your mind with worries and doubts and fears. But the Bible says she keeps coming and she keeps coming and she keeps coming, persistently asking for help. I'm sure some would say why are you wasting your time he's not going to help you he doesn't fear you he doesn't fear any other man he doesn't even fear God you are wasting your time and that's where most of us stop if God doesn't do it right then and right now we quit We throw our hands up and give in and then justify it by saying God didn't help me or he obviously doesn't love me and then some of us run out into the world to see if they can fix it or solve it. But we can't be so quick to give up. Jesus even stated at the beginning of before he even started in this parable Jesus said that men are to always pray and to not faint Jesus even said men ought to always pray and not faint and in verse 4 and 5 of this story, it tells us how she got her breakthrough. The judge said, it's not because I fear God or man, not because anyone told me to do it or that I'm afraid of the consequences of not answering her. It's because she troubles me daily. I see her every day. It's not but a second that I take the bench that she's not coming through the doors saying avenge me of my adversary. She has continually asked and pleaded her case continually. Here it is. You ready? Here's the answer. It's not what she said to the judge. It's that she wouldn't Stop saying it. It's not what she said. It's not the amount of words in her prayer. It's not that she wrote out some big, eloquent, nice, fancy prayer that took 20 minutes to pray. No, it wasn't any of that. What got the judge to move is that this little woman wielded inside of herself. Judge, Avenge me of my adversary. Hey, right here, avenge me. I've got to have you. I've got to have you. I've got to have you give an answer. I've got to have you move. I've got to see you do something. This thing is nagging on me. This thing is wearing me down. My adversary is provoking me sore. I am not leaving this courtroom until I get an answer from you. Mm -hmm. And what's got to happen to some of us is we just need to go ahead and wheel it inside of ourselves. Anywhere, I'm going to stay right here. I might as well get comfortable because I'm not leaving until the Holy Ghost meets me and does something for me. The problem with most of us is if it's not done in five minutes, we're going to something else. But if the church could ever bind itself in prayer again. Come on, he didn't do it last Sunday, pray again. He didn't do it last night, pray again. He didn't answer you this morning, pray again. Doesn't mean that he doesn't love you, doesn't mean that he's picking on you, doesn't mean that he's not listening. You just keep praying, just keep doing what you know to do and in due season. let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not let me help you with this scripture because when I studied a little phrase inside of that scripture it opened a whole new world to me that little phrase in due season (laughs) if you study that Paul was using the same language as if he'd have been speaking in farmer's terms. Meaning that just as there's a season for tomatoes and a season for potatoes and a season for watermelon and a season for this and for that, Paul said, there's a season for the church. And sometimes the church is going to pray and it's going to plow and it's going to dig and it's going to look like nothing's going to come from it. He said, but if you don't grow weary, if you hang on to the plow and hang on to the word and hang on in your dry season, there is coming a season to every apostolic church where you shall reap what you've sown." Come on, I want to preach that for a minute. Hey, you that's been praying for the last six months, get ready, because your season may very well be right around the corner. Hey, you, you're so close to giving up. Hang in there. Don't grow weary. Your season is on the way. Don't quit. Don't get angry with God. It may not be your season. but if the church could learn to pray when it's not our season. And when she can hang on in the wintertime and hang on when stuff seems to be dying off and hang on when it's not happening the way she hoped and hang on when it seems like others are leaving and hang on when the prayers aren't getting answered. Paul said if you just hang on, if you just hold on, and don't get weary, and you will do it. Woo, boy, I feel that strong for somebody right now. If you just hang on, come on, somebody needs to do that in the spirit. You need to go ahead and just, just ball up your fist like you're hanging on one more time. Come on, you need to go ahead and show yourself right now. It may look silly, but you ought to do it anyway. I'm holding on. I'm not letting go. I'm going to pray again. I'm going to dance again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to trust God again. Because I believe my season is coming. I believe God's going to hear everything I pray. I believe everything I've sowed into the kingdom and into the church. God is going to reap. Come on, stand with me. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Church. or just search CenterPoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.